Today, on The Biker and the Rabbi, it's part one of our five-part series about Joseph and what can be learned from studying his life and challenges. And now, let's meet the biker. <laughs> so, before we get started today, I want a word with this guy who's pushing the rock up the hill. Oh, over there? Hi! Hi! Excuse me! Hello! Over here! Hi! Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt your pushing that rock and all, but uh, can I get your name? It's uh, Sisyphus. Sissy, to my friends. You got your hands full, sissy, pushing that rock up the hill and all? Yeah, I know. Well, what happens when you get to the top and push the rock over to the other side? Uh, I don't know. It never happens. As soon as I get close to the top, like uh-huh. I, I... Oh, whoa, uh-huh. oh, whoa, oh, oh, watch out, watch out! Oh, Careful. no, no! <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. It happens every time. Oh, man. Really frustrating. I'm not happy. Yeah. Well, Sissy, think of it this way. If that rock got over the top and down the other side, you'd be out of a job, right? Yeah. I guess, I guess you could look at it that way. So I get it that it might be a bit confusing right now, but maybe you're right where you're supposed to be. Right now, I mean. You mean standing at the top of this hill, out of breath like? Uh, no, I was thinking more like you're right where you're supposed to be in your life. You got nothing else to do but think about that? Okay, my point is you seem a little frustrated. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, I guess, but I'm, you know... I mean, I could have been a big-time Greek big shot. Uh-huh. Instead, I'm pushing a rock. Yeah. There's not much room for advancement here, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But um, try this for a minute. That means you're right where you're supposed to be. At this time, I mean. Uh, look, I don't follow. And, and look, I'd really love to just shoot the breeze, which is, uh-huh. but... Uh, I got I got no time right now. I, excuse me. I got to run to the bottom of the hill and get busy uh-huh. pushing that rock again. Uh, come on down and we'll talk more on the way up. Okay, in a while. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow, what a guy. The point is, from the time you're young, you're taught you're never supposed to be satisfied with where you are in life. Always strive for more. Always work to be better. Well, some of the greatest Americans have been driven by that very thought. But is it right for you? If you're in a place and you're not sure what's next... Well, is that a bad thing? And what does this have to do with Joseph from the Torah? Well, let's dig a little bit deeper and find out. So stop what you're doing. It wouldn't hurt you to listen a little. Okay, so today we're going to look at a fascinating idea. That at this very moment, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are in life, you need to accept where you are and appreciate what that means. It's important because it tells you that you have a purpose. And it's okay to take a breath and appreciate where you are right now. Motivational speakers are always telling you, be more, be better, work harder. Well, they're motivational speakers. What do you expect them to do? Say, sit back, have a box of donuts and a quart of Rocky Road ice cream and do whatever it is you need to do tomorrow or next week? No, of course not. They're motivational speakers. They get paid to light a fire under you. But is that truly what will move your life forward? Or is it more beneficial to recognize and accept you're exactly where you need to be right now? Taking stock of your reality means you can think about how to make yourself better. It's an interesting dilemma, isn't it, Rabbi Halpern? Well, let's take a look at it this way. When we attempt to try to control our destiny by working on an exact detail that is or isn't working out, we actually lose the ability to focus where we can make a difference and achieve true and enduring success. 
Take your pal Sisyphus. Well, his whole life is consumed with that rock and that hill. Right. He's been condemned to spend his life trying to get the rock over the top of the hill. But he never stops to appreciate where he is. What would happen if he just stopped? Well, uh, the rock wouldn't go anywhere. Right. Nothing would change. All this effort, and yet, the rock remains where it would be as if he did nothing. So, what's the idea here? Stop. Appreciate the moment. You're fine. Don't avoid the situation just because it's not where you think you should be. You're not getting anywhere because you've lost touch with your inner self. My inner self? Your brain space is consumed with stuff that serves no purpose. Disconnecting you from the person you need the most, that's yourself. Okay, I'm confused about this idea about inner self. It's, it's not like meditation will help poor Sisyphus get that rock up the hill. True. But how many of us get stuck in a place because of fear, of uncertainty, of not wanting to test what change would be like? Outside forces condemn us to inaction, and so we completely forget what we're really capable of. So we let other things affect us to the point where they force us to stop growing. They force us to disconnect from our inner fortress of strength. And then we don't appreciate the place we're in. We feel trapped. But we're not trapped. It's just thinking that makes it so. So Sisyphus is trapped because all he sees is a rock and a hill. Right. He knows where he is. And deep down he has a vague sense of who he is. But he doesn't understand that acceptance is the way to dislodge him from his beloved rock and launch his growth. Huh. Can we, um, can we flush this out a little bit more? Let's. So, he shouldn't stay in the same place for long, am I right? Mark, let's look at it the Joseph way. <laughs> what? Joseph from the Torah? What has he got to do with this? Joseph was the quintessential success because he lived with the idea that he was exactly where he needed to be at any given moment. Whoa, whoa, wait. Even in the pit with the snakes and the scorpions and uh, all those other icky things? And then being a slave and then unjustly jailed for sexual harassment... He saw himself being exactly where he was supposed to be? Well, think about it. One minute he's with his brothers. The next, it's only thanks to his brother Ruvain that he ends up in the pit instead of facing a far worse fate. But look how far he gets. Second in command, only to Pharaoh. So how did he do it? He doesn't give in to the moment or despair. When he's sold to the traitors, when facing the greatest challenges, he finds something good. Something relevant to focus on. What? So far, this has been pretty tough on him. And what does relevance have to do with this? I'm confused. I mean, if I had been Joseph, I'd be pretty lost. Here's a small sample of his focused thinking. The traders usually had hard-smelling scents in their caravans. Now here's Joseph. Literally moments earlier, he almost dies at the hands of his own brothers. Yet now, sold into slavery, traveling in a caravan has the presence of mind, the strength, to notice the sweet-smelling spices. Okay, okay, I see how this relates to attitude. So how does this get us to acceptance? And Rabbi, what if I don't like the place I'm in? Not everybody loves pushing a rock. The key mark is time and place. It doesn't mean being happy to just stay stuck forever. It means accept for the moment that you're exactly where you're supposed to be now. Okay, 
So if our friendly neighborhood rock pusher, Sisyphus, decided to just accept where he is... It would change his view if he stopped to realize pushing the rock or not pushing it makes no difference to the rock, it makes a difference to him. But Mark, this is no simple struggle. Every day, our ambitions get in the way of us reaching our ambitions. Huh? Yeah, it's just what we're talking about. If we would only accept and embrace where we stand today, we can then move forward to create the future we want. Wait, wait, wait. If we accept and embrace where we stand today, we can then move forward to create the future we want. Exactly. But if you see yourself today and don't appreciate it, you will disconnect from yourself and reality. And that's a problem. Think of it like this. You can't hit a home run if you're not present at the plate facing the pitcher with the best swing you've got. And the only swing relevant is the one you've got now. Okay, you mean not while I was warming up or any other time? In the moment. You forget the training and all your other problems. You just show up and swing. The key mark to mental health and success in one word, reality. But just moving forward from a place of discontent, that isn't truly moving. (laughs) It's sort of like taking a trip inside your washing machine. Absolutely. Is that forward movement? Sure, technically. But it becomes an empty chase for something you can't even explain why you're chasing. Aha! Which is why the myth of Sisyphus leaves him pushing a rock futilely while Joseph's story ends up not only with him succeeding as viceroy of Egypt, but reconciling with his brothers while bringing joy to his father. And he accomplished all this by accepting his reality, one moment at a time. Not a bad story. Not at all. Maybe you should ask someone. Okay, that's a lot to think about, but it sure shows how Torah logic can help you get past simple or complicated stagnation in your life. So how about we dig into this week's voicemails, Rabbi? I'm ready. Okay, this one came in last week from PJ in West Denver. Hi, thanks for taking my question. This last podcast you did concentrated on being happy with what you provided and not basing your happiness on things. That's easy to say, but we live in a country that's all about upward mobility and acquiring stuff. How do we enjoy life without the stuff while keeping everything in perspective? Thanks. I'm going to let you handle that one, Rabbi. We see this all the time, and that's why we spend a podcast talking about it. There's no reason if you have means that you can't enjoy life and the material joy it brings. The point we were trying to impress was don't become a slave to it. You can be happy in a 500-square-foot apartment just as easily as you can in a 10,000-square-foot home. You can enjoy a walk on a beach close to your home as much as a walk on a high-priced European beach happiness to rise from appreciation. Sometimes too much material success is God's challenge to us in of itself. So be happy, regardless of whether it's what you dreamed of or not. Try to remember that reality is what you have, not what you want. Great advice, Rabbi. Great advice. Okay, this one is from Miss R in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi, your podcast was great. But I'm kind of confused. If we get what we need, doesn't that stifle our desire to want to be better? Rabbi? Don't confuse material growth with personal growth. Getting what you need so you can live and getting what you need spiritually are two separate issues. In fact, it is the actual practice of understanding that God gives you exactly what you need that makes it possible to concentrate on spiritual growth and not be consumed with the idea of why not me or why don't I have what they have. Thanks for being here today. I'll get your coat. It's time to go. 
Okay, that about wraps up another podcast. It's great to have you with us, and we'd like to request two things from you. First, if you like these, please pass them along to friends and anyone you feel might enjoy the content. Second, if you have questions regarding the content in the podcast or you just want to learn more, reach out to our recorded line at 303-820-2855. Because of time, we can only choose two or three to read on the air, but Kolel Rabbis will be happy to answer any questions these podcasts bring up. As always, a huge thanks to the Denver Kolel for their support and the access to their resources. If you wish to support them in any way, visit their website at denvercolel.org. Colel spelled K-O-L-L-E-L. And thanks to all of you who contribute financially to allow these podcasts to grow and continue. I'm the biker, Mark. For Rabbi Halpern, thank you and God bless.